Well, it's that time again. What time is that? It's time to get naked. Like all the way naked? Well, keep your clothes on, but it's time for the Naked Party Time Podcast, where we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love. While having lots of fun along the way. So what do you say? Are you ready to get naked? Let's do it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Naked Party Time Podcast, where today we are continuing our conversation about what we can learn about mental health from the recent Simone Biles situation. Last time, we focused more on those who are currently facing a mental health struggle. Today, we're going to focus more on how we can respond as good human beings Mm -hmm. to those in our lives who are struggling with it. If you're new with us, my name is Jeff Manis. I'm joined, as always, by my podcast queen, Sabrina, who Mm -hmm. is doing much better after enduring a positive COVID COVID test and all the symptoms that go with it, you still have some lingering symptoms yeah. in your body, but we are free and clear from normal activity. You seem to be doing much better. How are you feeling today? I am doing much better. So we're recording this on a Thursday. It's going to release on Tuesday. So this is day 20 as far as when my symptoms started. And I barely coughed today. Didn't blow my nose. So that's all good. Sweet. I still cannot taste or smell. And I feel like my voice sounds a little bit more normal. Yeah, absolutely. So probably the worst thing I'm struggling with is my appetite because I can't taste or smell. Nothing sounds good. I can't imagine not tasting my morning coffee. It's It's weird because... It's a big struggle for you. Yeah, I know it is. I I don't even like coffee, so maybe I should try it. Since, <laughs> yeah, you should. I since told you I that. can't taste it, yeah. maybe I would like it. But um, yeah, it's weird that you can tell the textures of food, and you look at it, and you know what it and should taste, taste like, and, and you can taste hot, like spicy. Yeah, I can tell when something's spicy. It's funny, but like there's pain, but no flavor. <laughs> yes, every dinner is very bland. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are <laughs> sounding much better than you did last time. You toughed it out. And in some ways, I feel like I was doing the last episode alone, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh, we made it through and now we're on to this one. I did think it was funny, not funny, haha, but funny, ironic that we had decided to do this two part episode on mental health like several weeks ago, right after all the Simone Biles stuff went down. And this is always something that's on our radar as anxiety and depression are uh, just something we deal with in our family Mm -hmm. and in our relationship. And here we were, we planned on talking about mental health and right in the middle of it, you were facing it. (laughs) Like not only did you have COVID last time we recorded, but you were facing some pretty extreme anxiety. It was worse than I've seen you experience like in a long time. Yeah. So I thought if we're going to experience what we talk (laughs) about on the podcast, we should do some episodes on health, wealth, and prosperity. Preach it. <laughs> Maybe we'll experience more of that. Like the next episode needs to be on dream vacations yes. and unexpected wealth that fall into your lap. That'd be amazing. Does that sound good? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's do that next, next episode. <laughs> In all seriousness, as we were walking through it, both you experiencing it and me being in relationship with you yeah. as you were, I could see the things we're talking about actually happening. Hmm. Things you were doing as the person experiencing it and things I was trying to do, which I think I did pretty good as I was walking with you through it. 
So let's recap what we talked about last time. Then I want to share a real-time story, super cool story, Mm -hmm. of a listener of ours that's living this out and seeing amazing amazing things happen in their life uh, in and through them. And then we'll dive into our new content on how we can respond to those who are struggling with mental health. So Sabrina, what's the first thing we talked about last week for those who have a mental health struggle of some kind? Be real. Be real. I looked up the stats again today, and according to Johns Hopkins University, about 26% of American adults suffer from a diagnosable mental health illness. That's one. That has got to be so much lower than actual. Well, that's diagnosable. So that means they've gone and got it diagnosed. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's one out of every four people. And again, that's just diagnosed. So you're right. I think it, it seems like that number would be higher based on what we hear from people. Yeah. So if you're someone who has a mental health struggle, the only way you will start making progress in your health is if you are real about it. Stop hiding it. And Sabrina, you do this, I believe, so well. Uh, You didn't always, but you do now. Whenever you have anxiety that comes on you or depression, you're always so quick to reach out for help. You've got a couple of people in your life that you can be 100% real and raw with, and I love that. People mm-hmm. that are not me. Yeah. Uh, other female friends that you have. Yeah. Um, you haven't always been that way, but now you are quick to confess what you're facing. Thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, and I was just, you know, when someone would text me to check in on me these past few weeks, I would tell them yep. I'm struggling with mentally yep. really badly. Yep. Um, and so I think that just the more you shine the light, yep. the more Jesus can work because yep. you're open to yep. it. The less power that it has, yep. the more you shine the light. Yep. So just this last week, I texted you that quote I read mm-hmm. from Carrie Newhoff's book, uh, Didn't See It Coming. In the book, he said, you can't address what you won't confess. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So good. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. And sadly, there are so many people who simply won't confess. They won't be real about what they're going through. And a lot of times they don't do that because it's so hard to do the next thing we talked about, which was what? You have to take the risk. Yep. (laughs) You got to take the risk of what it means to be real. Yeah. And we talked last time about the risk that you have to take when you get real about your mental health struggles. But like I said last time, Any risk you take in being real pales in comparison to the risk of not being real. Yeah. Like you can't keep hiding what you're going through. It will eventually destroy you. Oh, yeah, for sure. It will will mess you up. Yep. And that leads into the last thing we talked about last time, which was what? Resolve to do whatever it takes. And this is what Simone Biles really did and I think really modeled. Mm -hmm. She was willing to leave the Olympics. Yeah to protect and, and, and to further her mental health. I saw you do this the last couple of weeks as well. It's been awesome to see. You were real with the right people. You took the risk of bringing it up again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm sure it has to feel like not again, yeah, right? Yeah, And And then you spent hours, like literally hours, yeah. the last couple of weeks in counseling, getting all the way down to the root of what was causing the anxiety to rise and God brought some healing, didn't he? Yeah. Like anything you want to share? I mean, you're not going to bring up what you talked about in the counseling, but anything you want to share just about that process? Yeah. I, 
I haven't really, I'm probably going to (laughs) cry. It's okay. I haven't really had to deal with anxiety this year. Yeah. I feel like we've had different stressful things, but yeah, this, this I just haven't had to deal with it. And so it, it was a it little surprising. Hard. Yeah. I wasn't quite prepared for the dark nights. Yep. Yep. And uh trying to figure out what to do and when to do and who to talk to and and I had to I don't know if I've ever worked on this before, but I had to deal with a lot of rejection. Mm. That was a big mm. thing. And there was a spirit of rejection. And wow. so I had some lies that I needed to work through yep. with that. And then, yep. um, but man, I, I did. I spent hours, hours on the phone with Jeff's mom doing listening prayer and, and getting then. to the root. And then I did... Um, I spent hours with Donna doing Splunkna and again, getting to the root of what's going on. And man, it's, even though I don't like the way anxiety makes me feel, I know for me, it's a signal Mm. that I have work to do. Wow. That the lies or whatever's been sitting there for so long, it's time to get it out. Yeah. And it's my body's way of telling me. And I feel like God's way yeah. in a sense that, yeah. hey, you got work to do. Yeah. And so I did a lot of yep. work the last couple of weeks. And man, every time I would do the work, and even though it's hard and you have to face the uh, memory again or face the lie or, you know, you have, you have to feel it again, but that's the way you heal yeah. is to feel it again, work through it. Yep. yep. Ask God to heal you, get rid of those lies. I've done a ton of forgiveness, um, to God yeah. and he can't <laughs> do anything wrong, but to myself and other people. And I just can't say enough how worth it it is. To shine the light yeah. into your darkness. To do whatever it takes. Yes. And and I told both Donna and Becky, I was like, I don't always want to do it when it comes up. But man, when it's over and those layers are worked through, man, you just feel so much lighter. Yeah. And so I, I guess right now I'm just in a little bit of a season yep. where I need healing. Yep. And that's that's okay. I would rather do it and get it out there than stay in darkness and let yeah. the enemy work. Yep. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. You need to run and get a Kleenex or something. <laughs> no, it's okay. If you need to, you can. <laughs> so whenever we are facing a mental health struggle of, of any kind, depression, anxiety, um, suicidality, we've got to be real, yeah. take the risk, and be willing to do whatever it takes. We saw all of those things in Simone Biles. I see all of them in you, and I'm super proud of you. And also, one of our listeners experienced all of these things in an amazing story that he gave me permission to share with you. On Tuesday, after our podcast aired, one of our listeners reached out to me, and I talked with them on the phone. His name is Scott, and again, he gave me permission to share this. Scott, if you're listening, we are so proud of you (laughs) for all that you're allowing God to do in you and through you. Keep it up. It's worth it. Uh, Scott has suffered from severe depression for years, uh, most of it only being known to his most inner circle. Yeah. Uh, many times it would keep him from work, 
social activities or just being present in life. But just recently, he really started allowing God deep into those parts of his depression to start bringing healing and wholeness to him, but also to use it to help other people as well. Mm -hmm. Scott's an avid golfer and a really good golfer, (laughs) I might add. Uh, During the summer, he is often in a tournament on the weekends. And just recently, he was scheduled to be in a tournament that many of his golfing buddies would expect him to be at. Well, leading up to that tournament, he started uh, falling into another bout of depression. This time, instead of hiding it or just sucking it up and you know fighting through, he said, I'm going to withdraw from the tournament <laughs> to focus on my health. <laughs> he had never done something like that before, and it was a huge step. Yeah. Well, on Monday following the tournament, uh, a buddy reached out to him and said, hey, I noticed you didn't uh, go to the golf tournament this weekend. What's up? And Scott told me in that moment, he said, I'm not hiding this anymore. Mm-hmm. Said that to himself. You know, normally he would just say he wasn't feeling good or something came up, but he decided to be real. Mm-hmm. And he said, Man, I've been dealing with severe depression and I've got to focus on getting healthy. Mm-hmm. He just said it. His buddy paused and then began to spill his guts about how he had been dealing with the same thing for months and hadn't told Mm -hmm. anyone. Wow. And that was the open door Mm -hmm. for him to share it. They ended up getting together for lunch the next day to talk more about it. Scott prayed before he went that God would give him a chance to share his faith with Mm -hmm. his friend. Now, his friend knew that Scott had put his faith in Jesus several years ago, and that that church and faith is now a central part of his life. So while they were at lunch, his buddy just asked him, so going to church and Jesus really helps with this. <laughs> it was yes. like a yeah, like a softball lobbed up or a, a literally to use the golfing analogy, like it was teed up Aww. for him <laughs> to drive. And so Scott said absolutely and shared how Jesus and his faith and church and community has helped him walk this. Then this last Sunday, Scott invited his buddy and his wife to come to church with them, with mm-hmm. Scott and his wife. They came to church. They were blown away. Mm -hmm. And they even told Scott, I feel something here. Mm -hmm. Wow. That amazing. Yeah. So cool. So Scott has, has then since told his boss about what he's been facing. She was overly loving and understanding, Mm -hmm. which he didn't know what to expect. Took the risk there. Yeah. He's been doing counseling that is allowing Jesus to reveal the roots of these struggles and he's finding healing there. Mm -hmm. He's literally living out being real taking the risk and being willing to do whatever it takes. And God's doing amazing things Mm -hmm. in and Mm -hmm. through him. He told me this, I'm not hiding myself and I'm not hiding this struggle anymore. God may never take it completely Mm -hmm. away from me, but he will give me victory. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just so, so proud of him. I know. Because I know. And, And Scott and I have talked about anxiety and my anxiety and what I've done. And I just, man, you just, you don't know who needs to know. Yep. Yeah, he didn't. That's what he said. No. I mean, even if it's just one person, yep. Yep. I love that. Yep. He never would have known that his friend no. struggled with that if he didn't break free himself. Because we get so good. Yep. And Scott knows this yep. at hiding what's really going yep. on because it's scary to yep. be transparent. Yep. It is a risk. Yep. You don't know if you're going to be rejected 
or how people are going to look at you. Are they yep. going to treat you like you're fragile? Mm. And, and I love that. When Scott said, even if God doesn't take yeah. it away. And I feel that same yeah. way. Like, oh, would I love to never have anxiety again? Well, yes. Yeah. But... God continues to use it. Yep. I know it's my signal when I need more healing. And you have victory in it. Yes, I do have victory. You don't in have it. freedom from it, but no. you have victory in it. It is not my anxiety. It is seasons of anxiety yeah, that come and go. It has awesome. no control over it's me. Awesome. And I love that yep. Scott is walking that and God is using him. Yep. Yep. It's awesome. Didn't mean to make you cry so much on this episode. I might just cry the yep. whole episode. Yep. I'm sure more will come. <laughs> so I know that was a lot that we just reviewed there from the last podcast, but I wanted people to hear that this is real-time stuff that is working in people's life. Like yeah. you're right now living this out. You're being real. You're taking the risk and you're willing to do whatever it takes. But what about those of us who may not be experiencing a mental health struggle ourselves at the moment, but we are walking with or doing life with someone who is, or maybe we're not even walking with someone, but just seeing other people like Simone Biles yeah. who experience it, how should we respond in those moments? So Sabrina, what's the first way we should respond? Respect how they feel. Yep. I think this is huge for those of us who aren't struggling with it currently but walk with someone who is, is just respect how they feel. Yeah. I wasn't great at this, <laughs> right? When you first started dealing with no, your anxiety. You not. Partly because I didn't understand it. I think yeah. that's most commonly the case because we don't understand it. We don't know how to respond. Yeah. But I don't have to understand what someone's going through to respect them yeah. and to respect what they need. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? I There was one night. I was having anxiety and it was, it was bad. Yeah. And, um, this was, it was several years ago now, like 2016. 17? No, just, no, just a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh when you I, didn't wanted, want to wake me up. <laughs> I wanted to wake Jeff up to pray for me, but it's in the middle of the night. It was like, I don't know, one 30 in the morning. And I, I didn't, I didn't like in the middle of the night, you don't know who to call. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> And I laid there long enough till you got up to go to the bathroom. I was like, okay, he's slightly awake. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm old, so, so I'm going to go to the bathroom multiple <laughs> times at night. So he gets back in the bed. I probably had to say your name five times <laughs> to get your attention <laughs> for you to pray for me. Um, but when, when in the beginning of this, back in 2016, when I felt like I needed prayer in the middle of the night, yeah, I didn't respond you did well. not respond very Sorry well. But this time I did. Yeah, you did good. I do better now. Yes. Much better. <laughs> so we, we saw both the good and the bad side of this yeah. with the Simone Biles situation. Just the other night on SportsCenter even, uh, you were watching with me when we saw the negative side of this with Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Uh, she's another yeah. high-profile athlete. I think that's her name. I'm saying it correctly. She's a pro tennis player who recently withdrew from uh, some major tournaments herself. And she said that she was going to focus on her mental health was the reason she was withdrawing. Sadly, a number of media members have not responded with respect at all. And then just the other day, after her first tournament back, a news reporter, we saw it. Yeah, he was very Just rude. treated her horribly. Mm -hmm. Asking her some very accusatory and very belittling questions 
that literally left her in tears. Mm -hmm. She was just broken. And, and what really starts to make me angry is knowing that it's responses like that, that people Mm -hmm. see the lack of respect that then will keep many of them from never saying anything. Yep. In the first place. Man, the enemy takes that and yes. he runs with it he'll, and we believe yes. it. And he'll t- he'll tell people like you who might just see that on TV, the enemy will tell people who aren't stars like Naomi, yeah. see, you can't say anything because people will treat you like that. Mm-hmm. And you believe and, it. Well, of course you believe it because mm-hmm. you see it. Mm-hmm. And that guy, I don't know who his name was, but... I, somebody, the, I think the next reporter actually said something about yeah, him. Yeah, I think so. And then they, the uh, Naomi's manager, I believe. They they gave her a break. Yeah. And they, then they ended up saying she did come back and yeah. answer the questions, but I don't know that they filmed it. Yeah. Anyway, um, you've got to respect how people feel. And I understand that feelings lie. We talk about that yes. a lot. But even though feelings lie, they are still real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, re- yeah. And you have to recognize that, that I understand the way you're feeling, even if you, you as the outside person know it's not true or it's not yeah. real, but when you're in that moment it's still real. and your body is shaking yeah. and uh, your heart is racing yep. and you're trying to figure out, am I going to die yeah. right here? Like that feels real. Yeah, even though it may not be a legitimate threat. Yes. It feels like yeah. it is. So, so saying things like just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> or why are you so depressed? You have a great life. Or didn't you already deal with this? Yeah. Or any other insensitive question, those are not helpful <laughs> nor are they respectful. Yeah. So as we said earlier, I struggled a lot with this. I was not very patient with you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't didn't know what to say to you, or I would say something and it was the wrong thing. I thought it was no big deal. I I think I've gotten much better with all of that. Wouldn't you say? Yes. And, and you have experienced your own anxiety. Yeah. And Uh, not nearly as bad as you or other people. I do think God allowed me to experience it. So I would know that it's real. I honestly believe that. Yeah. And I think it's helped our relationship because when I, there is an episode you are kind and sweet and understanding. I am so kind and sweet <laughs> understanding. <laughs> so the first way to respond, just respect. Yeah. Respect how they feel, whether it's true or not. That leads into the second way we should respond, which is what, Sabrina? Give them room to heal. Yeah. Just give them room. Many times, especially if you're a fixer like me. <laughs> Which, and if it is a man and woman situation and, and it is the woman having the anxiety, the man, I think men are, can be a lot of fixers yeah. in a sense. And, and we desire to protect, yeah. provide. And it's not just fixing. We want to, we want to, we truly do want to help. Right. Um, you just might be a little clumsy yep. sometimes. So if you're a fixer like me, sometimes we want to smother the person <laughs> who is struggling we don't like seeing them depressed or anxious. And so we try and offer solutions. Why don't you try this? What about this? Is it something I did? You know, what can I do? And in no way am I suggesting that we isolate ourselves from the person who is struggling or should we have them isolate? Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But I think one of the best things we can do for someone when they are struggling is just giving them the, the room when they need it. Just to be patient yeah. with the process. 
Just like someone who's dealing with the loss of a loved one. Hmm. When someone's dealing with anxiety or depression, they may not even know what they need. Yeah. All they know is they're struggling. And if they've taken the risk to be real with you, you need to give them the room to deal with it. Hmm. So yes, we should ask if they need anything. Um, I even did that with you here in the last couple of weeks recently when you were really taken out by your anxiety. But if the answer is, I don't know, we need to be okay with that. Yeah. At least for a, a while. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Cause when you're experiencing it, like <laughs> I just, I was sitting in bed and you're just standing next to me wanting to know what I needed and you don't know. Yeah. I know physically I don't like what's happening, Yeah. but I don't know how to fix it in that moment. Yeah. And I think I have, to, I know for me, I have to be so careful to not get wrapped up in the physicalness yeah. of what's happening. That even though my body is shaking and my chest is tight, that I'm real, I'm okay. Yeah. And, and you, you just, you don't have an answer. Yeah. And the other person needs to be okay with yep. that. Yep. And I think I've gotten better with that too. Yes, just, definitely. Yeah. So please, please hear me, listeners. I'm not saying that if someone is clearly at risk of harming themselves or harming someone else, or if they are at risk at all for taking their life, that we should just leave them alone. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. When I say give them room, I'm talking more about the time they need to walk through it and the absence of us trying to solve it. Yeah. Finding a solution isn't always the first step to healing. Sometimes it's just having the space to eventually get to the solution. Right. Right. Just knowing that somebody's there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we're going to get to here next. So respect how they feel, give them room to heal. And then lastly, Sabrina, what's the last one? Return to them with your presence. Return to them with your presence. I think this one's huge. Yeah. It's just being intentional about letting the person know I'm here. It's it's circling back after you gave them some room to ask, how are you doing? And I even, I think, asked this a couple times to you recently. Follow-up question. Okay, how are you really <laughs> doing? Right? Trying yeah. to really get or what, you. Or what do you really need? Yeah. Or yep. what can I really yep. do? So it's asking thoughtful, caring, and sometimes personal questions. If you know someone has struggled with suicidal ideation, it's it's asking the tough questions. Yeah. Are you thinking about suicide? How do you hurt? How can I help? Mm -hmm. According to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, studies show that asking someone if they are suicidal does not increase suicides or suicidal thoughts. Right. In fact, studies show that the opposite occurs, that asking that question can help reduce suicide, suicidal ideation when it's coupled with the asker actively listening and not judging. So if you go to bethone.com, B-E-T-H-E, the number one, bethone2.com, sorry, bethone2, B-E-T-H-E, number one then to.com. You can find five steps to help someone who is facing suicidal thoughts. I thought it was really good. I found it today. Mm -hmm. I can't go over all of them here, but there is some great stuff there. And one of the five things is just being present. Yeah. Being present. 
Um, our good friend and previous podcast guest, Pastor Fred Gallup, calls this the ministry of presence. It's just being there. Uh, this is something I think I'm better at as well. And I did it this last time you were yeah. going through your anxiety. We were all quarantined. So I was working from, from my home office, but you were in the battle with not just COVID, but anxiety. And a couple of times I came to check on you and I could just tell you, you needed someone in the room. And so I asked what you needed. You usually said, I don't know. And a couple of times I said, I'm just going to sit in here. And so I didn't talk to you. I didn't try to fix you. I actually brought my, my computer into the room and just worked in the room while you were there. Mm -hmm. I think that was helpful. <laughs> As someone who was walking through it, is that helpful? Was it helpful? Yeah, because I, I didn't know. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, I'm talking to Jesus. I'm, you know, doing all the things I do, trying to figure out what do I need to do? Do I, is this something I need counseling for? Do I need to get to the root of this? Like your mind is just going a hundred miles an hour. Plus I'm physically reacting to it. So trying to navigate all of that. And I, I don't know what to tell somebody what I need yeah. in that yep. moment. Yep. And just to remind all of us who aren't facing this right now, but we know someone who is most likely they aren't going to ask for your presence. Yeah. They may, they may even say they don't want your presence. And yes, while there are times we should, again, give them room away from us, there are other times we just know they need someone to be with them in this moment. This actually reminds me of something I learned when I was studying for our sermon series on Job that we did this last June at Element. In preparation for the series, I read the book by Philip Yancey called Where Is God When It Hurts? Mm -hmm. And in the book, he shared this, Jewish people practice a custom called Shiva after a death in the community. For eight days, friends, neighbors, and relatives practically take over the house of the mourning person, hmm. bringing their own fruit crates to sit on. They provide food, clean up, carry on conversation, and in short, force their presence on the griever. The grieving person who, who desires tranquility or privacy may find the presence of so many guests irritating, <laughs> but the message comes through loudly. We will not leave you alone. We will bear this pain with you. Fear, which thrives on loneliness, wilts mm. away. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. What a picture. Now, that was specifically for someone in mourning over the uh, a death of a loved one. But I think the principle remains the same. Yeah. That the person with depression, anxiety, or suicide ideation who desires tranquility or privacy or isolation may find your presence irritating. Mm -hmm. But the message comes through loudly. We will not leave you alone. We will bear this pain with you. Fear, which thrives mm. on loneliness, wilts away. Man. I will bear this pain with you. Yeah. I will not leave you alone. I will respect you. I will give you room, but I will not leave you alone. Mm -hmm. This mm. might mean that you text them randomly to check in. It might mean you sit on the phone with them and just listen. It might mean you sit in the same room and don't say a word. But if we're going to help people not only face, but walk through and find victory in this struggle, we've got to continually mm. return to them with our presence. Yeah, that's really, really good. That's what people brought us meals. Yeah. And that was a huge help because I did not have the energy to make dinner. And then one night, 
like around nine o'clock, I started having anxiety again. I got out of bed and I was like, I just, I don't know if I need to pray. What do I need to do? And I, I called yeah. Donna. She was in Kansas an hour ahead of me. And we literally just talked on the phone. She prayed for me. Yeah. And then we just talked on the phone for two hours about all sorts of things. And I could, my body was shaking when I called her and my body just started to calm mm. down. Like yep. I just needed to talk about. Yeah, you just had somebody there. Yeah. Um, and then I watched TV awesome. for a couple hours and then I was able to go to bed, but like we didn't, it wasn't super spiritual yeah. or like, I just like, you need to know who can you call when it seems too late? Yeah. Like you need to have those people in your life or can you wake up your spouse yeah. and have them pray for you? Yeah. Like you need to know who your community is. Yep. Yeah. And community is the key. Yeah. You can't do it alone. No. And if you try to do it alone, like I said from the very beginning, it, it will eventually destroy you. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. What can we learn about mental health from Simone Biles? If you're the one who is struggling with mental health, be real, take the risk, and resolve to do whatever it takes. As Scott shared, <laughs> this struggle may not ever go away, but yeah. God can give you victory in it and use it to help other people. Yeah. If you're the one who knows someone who is struggling with mental health, respect their feelings Give them room to heal and return to them with your presence. Any final thoughts? No, I, I think this was, hopefully it's helpful. Yeah. Um, it's real. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and timely, I guess. Real and real time. Like, yeah, we, like just, we just walked through it. Yeah. I mean, we had, I had no idea I was going to have yep. a season like this. Yep. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that was helpful for everybody there. There's so much more that could have been said. I'm sure we definitely are not experts and we didn't even get into the deep waters of, you know, counseling, medication, or even hospitalization that might have to occur for some people. Some of those things we've experienced, but that's way above our pay grade on yeah. knowing what to recommend there. If you have nobody to tell about your struggle, or if you have any questions for us, you can tell us, you can ask us. The best way to do that is to email us at hello at jeffmanis.com. I don't think we've ever done this before, uh, but I want to pray. For anyone who might be struggling with a mental health issue, do you want me to? Or are you, are you good to <laughs> I go? can. I'm just going to cry. Okay. Why don't you pray for those who are dealing with it? Then I'll pray for people who are walking with someone in it. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I feel like you are the only one that knows us the best. You know us intimately. You know exactly what we've been through, what may come, what we're dealing with now. And you are the great physician. Mm -hmm. You are the healer. You will sit with us. You will hold us. You will speak to us. You will dialogue with us. You long to have conversation with us. You long to sit with us. Mm -hmm. You long to hold us. You long to give us the peace that passes all understanding. It can only come from you. Mm. So Jesus, I just want to lift up every single person who is dealing with anxiety or depression or fear or suicide ideation. Father, you know who they are, Mm -hmm. that you would just hold them, that you would just sit with them. Mm that you would bring people into their lives that you can use to speak truth Mm -hmm. to them. 
that you will open the door for their healing, whatever it looks like, that the enemy would have no place near them, around them, on them, Mm. that the enemy has to go to hell Mm -hmm. where you will crush him with Mm -hmm. your heel. You deal with the enemy. You deal with the fear that we don't want that. We Mm. only want your spirit. Your Holy Spirit is the only spirit that's allowed Mm. near us, in us, and around us, Father. And so I just ask that you would protect people, that you would move in their hearts, that you would surround them with community, that you would open the door for them to be real and raw and transparent. Mm. And I just thank you in advance for the healing that you're going to do. Thank you for the healing you've done in my own life and Scott's life. Just keep working. Yes. Yeah. Keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. We love you and mm-hmm. we trust you and we give you everything. Mm-hmm. We surrender all to you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're in control and we are not. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for the healing that you are able to give. And even as, again, as Scott and Sabrina have said, you may not ever take it away, but you will give victory as we walk through it. Lord, for those who are walking with someone who is dealing with this, Lord, please give us the power to respect their feelings, to give them the room they need to heal. But Lord, most importantly, may we never stop returning to them with our presence, but most importantly, Lord, with your presence. Lord, so often you reveal yourself through people in our lives. And I pray that you'd help us to do that for those who are hurting. Lord, we give ourselves to you and we ask for your help in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I think that was pretty good. We love you guys. As always, it would be a huge help to us if you would subscribe, like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you're watching or listening from. You can follow us on social media, Jeff G. Manus or Sabrina.Manus on Instagram and Facebook. Do all the things there as well. Sabrina, why don't we end like we always do with our marriage mission? We are, are united, united in, in Christ, Christ, unstoppable with Christ, and unbreakable because of Christ. Christ. Now it's time for you to go get naked and party. We'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to the Naked Party Time podcast. Join us next time as we get real and raw about life, leadership, and love.